That's in the air, this could be out. Diamond's underneath it, will he catch it? He's got good hands, he's got him, yes he has. Diamond's got him in the deep, having fumbled all night, he's taken the big one. Welcome to Couch Talk. The guest today is former Indian fast bowler Javagal Srinath. He talks about his bowling mechanics, the influence of technology in his improvement as a fast bowler, how the 90s India strategy of winning at home with three spinners affected the development of fast bowlers, the problems faced by young Indian paces of playing in all three formats of the game, and also his memories from the 2003 World Cup, amongst other things. Welcome to the show, Sri. Thank you. Uh, it's my pleasure. Um, for the majority of your career, you know, you were a fast bowler who bowled slightly back of the length and the delivery that came into the right-hander. You know, uh, even if you want to pitch it up, uh, how hard is it to do, you know, both physically, biomechanically, as well as psychologically? I think any sport is very cognitive in nature. Now, when I say cognitive, I think you learn a lot of things when you watch. Now, it is hard to learn sometimes to watch others and uh, get some knowledge. But when you see your own pictures, mm-hmm. I think it is quite easy to uh, grasp what you want to see. Now, we had videos and stuff, uh, but that wasn't really the right uh, thing, I suppose. What we wanted was the technology that came in 2000, where we could see what we did on a ball-by-ball basis. Um, you know, the, the access to information was rapid. And, and also more specific. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I feel that I missed the technology uh, quite badly. Uh, had there been technology quite early in my career, it could have been a different story altogether. So um, that has, well, I mean, that's the way life is, I suppose. We all, I mean, there were bowlers who were bowling without technology. They were getting wickets. That's a different issue. But I think everything learn, everybody learns uh, in a different way. And, uh, you know, um, I was always just short of length and, and I knew that I was just short of length. But, you know, initially, I think uh, I used to play a lot of ODIs and uh, didn't play too many test cricket in India. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it was working for me. You know, I used to keep, I didn't bowl it, uh, I didn't pitch the ball up. So the ball was coming in mm-hmm. and it cramped the batsman a bit. So, you know, since my test bowling was more influenced by the ODI, mm. Um, that lent something somewhere which I got used to. Um, I should have gotten out of it a little earlier. You made your debut in Australia, you know, with the pitches that provided pace as well as bounce, where you can bowl back of length and still be, you know, threatening the outside edge regularly. Um, So, did that have any effect on, you know, forming your thought process of how you want to approach your bowling? I think, my my approach... Well, yes, I think you get a little carried away when you see a bit of bounce coming from on, on Indian strips which offer you nothing, mm. offers you nothing, but all of a sudden you go to Australia and then you see the ball being carried um, all the way on the shoulders of the wicketkeeper. So you get a little carried away, I know that, but I mean, um, but you've got to change. What, what was that change? I mean, now I could, uh, how, could, how could I, you know, how I wanted to change and, you know, those things happen very slowly in sports. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it cannot happen overnight. And Correct. then what you do and what you're successful, you tend to kind of uh, follow it for a longer period. I think, uh, I would say I was more influenced by my own day uh, technique of bowling and then that carried on to my test matches as well. Hmm. Uh, therefore, I think, uh, you know, I bowled at wrong line uh, most of the times. Hmm. 
and even let's say even if you want to pitch it up and let's and you know the batsman drives you down the ground or through the cover because you've increased you know pitched it up say two yards up or two feet up um how instinctive is it that you know immediately you want to fall back on what you know best and pull the length back and how do you manage that if you're an instinct bowler then you tend to bowl that Uh, short of length uh, deliveries all the time. And mm. If you are bowling an outswinger, then you can probably pitch the ball up quite a bit. So that is also uh, a part which played in me pitching that little shot. Mm. Um, if you, as an inching bowler, if you pitch the ball up, it becomes quite an easy ball for the batsman. Mm. Um, if you are an outswing bowler, obviously the ball will be, you know, beating the bat or probably taking the edge. So sometimes, you know, it used to be a, you know, as an inching bowler. Uh, when you pitch the ball up and the ball moves, I mean, it basically it takes an inner edge and then all to the pads. So, had I bowled out fingers, mm-hmm. maybe uh, I would have changed that line uh, a little early. I wouldn't have been bowling that shot. Uh, but I think, uh, as I said, my ODI, uh, you know, bowling as well as uh, you know my basic in fingers mm. held that line uh, slightly short of length. I mean, you played 67 tests for uh, India. Um, you know, from 91, 92 to 2002. Uh, you know, you mentioned about the uh, introduction of technology around 2000s, where you could analyze your bowling in almost real time. Uh, the feedback was rapid. Um, but what at what point in your career did you feel uh, that you were, you know, as complete a fast bowler as you thought you could be? um the first point is that um i anyway i was a late entrant into the test cricket at the age of 23 mm-hmm. and then i missed out nearly for four years so mm-hmm. by the time i became a permanent test member it was i was already 27 so i didn't have that bowling experience of um, what generally uh, somebody would possess by then mm. ideally you should be getting into test cricket at the age of 20 21 Okay. And by 23, 24, you have a fair idea of where you want to bowl and how you want to bowl and what are those uh, uh, lengths that you need to sort out. Um, however, I think uh, I was a late beginner. Therefore, uh, by the age, I mean, uh, by the, the by the time I could really reconcile to the uh, nitty-gritty of the Test cricket, I was 27, and then I injured my shoulder. Mm. Uh, that was uh, also a setback for me. Mm-hmm. Because I lost almost six to seven months of cricket, and that was crucial seven months. And obviously, your bowling altered a bit after that. I lost a bit of pace from then on. So automatically, uh, the way you think and uh, your approach will be different. Mm. Uh, ideally, for a naked, uh, somebody should start test cricket at the age of twenty twenty one. You are raw uh, for the first three years. Then you understand the you know, the nuances of the game uh, by the age of twenty three twenty four, and twenty seven. 26, 27, you are at your peak in mm. the age of 30. And that's the time you reap a lot of wickets. Mm. Uh, because you understand the game better and uh, you know the line length and you understand the batsman better. And that's an ideal preparation or probably career for a fast bowler. Hmm. Uh, I want to talk about that. You know, your late entry into international cricket and also that you weren't able to play regularly. How frustrating was it? Because, you know, as a young man, you are in peak physical strength um and you know the ball is coming out nice and it's fast and you want to get on the field and make an impression 
but you had Kapil Dev and Manoj Prabhakar ahead of you in the queue and they played most of the home tests. Um, how fresh, I mean, you played in Australia, South Africa, but when it come home, uh, you know, they, those two would play but, and you had to warm the benches. How frustrating was that as a young fast bowler? <laughs> it can be uh, disappointing that, um, you know, you, that you don't figure uh, in the playing level. But in India, it was sometimes more of a symbolic representation. Even Kapil Dev at times, uh, um, you know, I mean, you had three spinners giving the matches left, right, and center, and Manoj used to open the innings, and then Kapil Dev played the all-round uh, tag. So, um, what was important was the result of the match, and we used to win the match in three to four days. So there was no compulsion for the teams to for the team to change the combination as such. Hmm. But the wickets were such that I don't know whether it increased the passwords. I mean, I have watched it from the sidelines. I mean, I understood how the foreign bowlers struggled on Indian wickets. Mm -hmm. um, the spinners could not hit the right line and length. So, you know, it was quite advantageous for India because Amin was going great guns. Venkatpati Raju was outstanding and so was Rajesh Chavan and the other spinners who came along. Mm -hmm. So, the result was so favorable that, uh, you know, there was no need to panic and there was no need to... There was no reason for the team uh, to change the combination or um, uh, alter the team. All it mattered was are we winning the series and we were winning series handsomely. So there was no uh, bother at all. So uh, it was frustrating, but uh, the result was very sweet. Uh, <laughs> the winning, being a part of the winning team was good. You know, India had lost abroad at the time. So when the uh, Ajit Vadekar, Mohamed Azuruddin combo, you know, they... They set a plan for winning at home, but it seems like a very short-term, it seems like, anyway, looking back, short-term strategy because, you know, you use your three spinners, Anil, Raju and Chauhan, uh, to run through and get the wickets of, say, England in 92-93 series. Um, yeah. but, then, uh, but then you're not developing your third fast bowler or fourth fast bowler, and so when you go abroad, you, yeah, you may have Kapil Dev and Manoj Prabhakar, and Kapil Dev was towards the end of his career anyway. So you've never really developed that uh, second, third, fourth fast bowler. That's true. I think um, yeah, I think we paid uh, some penalty there, I suppose, because mm -hmm. we won all the matches here and we were clueless when we went abroad. I think the batting was tested, and even the bowling um, wasn't that effective when we went abroad. I mean, the spinners struggled at times, and even the fast bowlers could not hit the right line and length. Uh, we didn't tour that often uh, during those days, especially uh, between 93 to 96. I think we hardly toured abroad. Mm -hmm. So I think we struggled quite a bit. The odd series in between was, um, you know, was, was not uh, great for us. We used to lose, but, uh, you know, the confidence of winning home was so high that we came back and then from a bad tour, we were extremely good um, the following week. <laughs> uh, which kind of, uh, uh, you know, covered up everything. Uh, but that was one of the reasons why, you know, we could not win consistently abroad as well as on Indian wickets. Hmm. I guess the ends justified the means in that case, I suppose, for the uh, Indian management. Uh, and I want to, I mean, you bowled in partnership with uh, your state teammate, your good friend, Venkatesh Prasad, in England, you know, and also in South Africa. And it would be that, you know, you and Prasad would come on, make early inroads, uh, and then go away for, you know, after your first spell or second spell is over, there, is, there was no viable third team option. How much of that affected um, team's performance 
and to you personally as you know because when you're taking rest you don't want the other team to build up partnerships so that when you come back in you're bowling to set bats I think it was an eye opener for me mm. this um, South Africa series uh, I think before England itself was an eye opener for me because I realized that unless the world we have three to four good fast bowlers we'll not be able to make a difference uh, to the team mm. You might bowl a good spell. It will become one odd good spell. If Prasad bowls a good spell, it is okay. He also bowled another good spell. But I think if you really want to keep pegging and then get wickets um, to make a difference to the side in winning that uh, match, would be when you have four good fast bowlers. I always felt the depth of uh, you know the third and fourth bowler, I and mean, then we changed quite a bit. I think Paras Maure came in and when Salilankola came in and then Rashan Vaidya came in and then so we didn't have somebody. Uh, who could get stuck there for at least three to four years until the year and after started coming up? Mm-hmm. So I could easily feel, uh, you know, how important and uh, what significance it brought when you have three to go, you know, three to four good fast bowlers operating. Um, results were uh, evident. Um, I always felt that you know we uh, we from then onwards I realized that you know if you don't have a good third seamer. Uh, you will struggle because you, know, you end up bowling most of the overs. Yeah. So from wicket taking abilities, um, and then also you know those wicket taking to win the matches, it will be reduced to kind of you know fill up the overs for the team. Okay. And then you don't want to be that fill up bowler. Uh, you know when 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 you're able to get few wickets when you are uh, uh, fresh and uh, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what happens when you don't have a good third and fourth senior? I think um, it's all about conservation of energy. So, uh, by the by just before the after year, you are already knackered because you have put in your seventeen, eighteen overs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that was a bit of a rough period for us. So it looked as if you know India had only two good fast bowlers and they are doing everything. But honestly, I think we should have developed the third or fourth. We should have identified the third and fourth fast bowler. Uh, and had he bowled in tandem, it would have been a different story altogether. I mean, how much of that uh, was, you know, because in South Africa, you, you know, you bowled a lot. Uh, every time you needed a wicket, the captain brought you on. So you really didn't have much time between your spells. And, you know, the following, the, the, I'm talking about the 96-97 tour to South Africa. Uh, and then you couldn't go to West Indies because of your shoulder injury. Uh, and Abay Kuriyullah came and bowled there and he bowled non-stop there as well. Um, how much of that uh, tour to South Africa actually took a toll on you in terms of physical injury and exhaustion? Well, I mean, exhaustion is part of fast bowler's uh, career. Um, obviously, when you bowl 2022 over the day, um, you are exhausted by the end of the day. So that's not an issue. I mean, the age was by my side. Unfortunately, I picked up the shoulder injury. Um, uh, but I think uh, when you play for a side and when the captain looks up to you for a wicket and then throws the ball, every time, you're proud of it, isn't it? I mean, you you look up to such captains. I mean, you don't want a captain to run away from you to some other bowler. You want the captain to look up to you every time. Mm. However, it happened so that um, I ended up bowling maximum over. But I enjoyed every over I bowled in South Africa. There was wicket, there was good intention behind every ball. And... Um, and I was learning on every over I bowled in South Africa. Hmm. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed the South Africa trip. Uh, 
you know towards uh, towards the um, end of your towards the end of your career you had developed the uh, variations you bowled the slowers and you bowled the ball that left the right hander as well um, you know and as you said you know you you were a bowler that brought the ball into the batsman so how how did you go about developing this variation you know how hard was it what was the timeline like you know obviously i wish I wish I had those variations coming a little early, I and mean, then that came in probably. That that's exactly. I think once I started seeing those videos and technology came in, then we had access to all those pictures. Um, it made a big difference, and then you know what you're doing, and the correction happened immediately. The feedback was uh, instant, so you know your your mind started really operating by uh, you know to the requirement of the side. All of a sudden, you know where to bowl, and then you have a, a feedback coming back from the boundary line. People who are watching the match immediately, uh, the analyst uh, used to uh, look for a specific thing to tell us uh, what's the right way to go about. So <clears throat> the game completely, I mean, strategies and uh, and uh, and plans became more uh, uh, proper. Um, you know, we were, we were very concrete approach towards the game, um, how to approach a batsman who is in form. So I think technology, uh, you know brought everything to me at that point in time hmm. and that was then i realized how much i missed uh, career hmm. uh, and how difficult was it to come back from those injuries um, you know probably slight drop. well it was tough in the sense uh, that uh, you know you really were not too sure whether um, you know you will be able to bowl again and hmm. uh, you know it was quite a shoulder is a 360 degree rotating um, body part, so uh, it's not easy on shoulders. Um, I think the one good thing that happened was I was in the best hands of the. Uh, I was under the best hands, like the South African doctors. Mark Ferguson did a fantastic job. Um, a lot of things crossed my mind. That was the time I went back to my engineering college and finished those three subjects and uh, got my degree. Hmm. Um, few good things happened. I think um, you know a degree is so important. Uh, for anyone, because you, that's what you strive for right from our younger days. And um, so I became a degree holder, uh, and then um, I came back into sport again. Um, I think, although I lost a bit of pace, and that's bound to happen, I suppose, when your joints are altered. Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was not quite a, a challenging moment, um, doubtful moment, um, uh, like anybody, I think um, uh, I was a little insecure, and however, I I was able to manage and practical, and <coughs> and and it helped me. Hmm. Um, you know, after Kapil Dev, it was you that held the mantle of fast bowler for India, and after you, it has been Zahir Khan. Uh, but in the last fifteen years, say, uh, you know, you've had. Uh, Parts of Ajit Agarkar's career to Ashish Nehra to R.P. Singh to Irfan Pathan to Munaf Patel and several other fast bowlers that played for India. I mean, the, like there's a good number of players that came through in the last 15 years, but none has had a career as long, uh, as productive as you or Zahir Khan. I mean, you know, was there a fast bowler in the last 15 years other than Zahir Khan that you thought was going to be good and have a long career but did not? Oh, plenty. I think um, I can name quite a few. I thought uh, uh, Ashish Nehra would be a, a, a great resource. I think he had everything but uh, a very uh, uncertain body. 
Um, you know, he got injured every now and then. His body alignment wasn't really good. His hip uh, and the uh, knee joint uh, were definitely was not in the right uh, line. So, you know, he was uh, ankle was obviously injured. Um, there are a lot of uh, good fast players. Even I, I appreciated Sunil Ankola, who was pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. A strong lad. So now he couldn't uh, uh, stick on for long. And then we had. Uh, I, I had a lot of hopes on Pankaj uh, oh. from uh, Pankaj Singh from yeah. Punjab uh, from uh, Rajasthan. He was pretty good as well. I think another talent which missed the bus was uh, <coughs> Arvind Singh from uh, Amritsar again. Yeah. He was a rapid fast bowler. I mean, he was a, a, a treat to watch when he was running in. Uh, he played a couple of test matches, but he couldn't continue. I mean, I wonder what happened to. Uh, it all probably boils down to the confidence levels when you play a test match and then you assess yourself. Hmm. It's quite tough to kind of reinforce yourself on Indian wickets when you don't get wickets and then see all the spinners doing well. And So you've got to succeed every now and then. If you don't do, then I think uh, the confidence erodes and uh, you, you, you make way for somebody else. Uh, it's not that easy uh, to hmm. bowl on Indian wickets. When Zahir Khan, Ashish Nehra, that you so fondly talk of, when they came in, you kind of became uh, the you know big brother sort of figure in the team and trying to help them through. And even when you retired, Ashish Nehra, I remember mentioned saying that he'll miss seeing you standing at mid-on, mid-off, telling him what to do. When when you came in, was that that sort of thing available or? I think there are two ways of looking into it. One is that um, I I believe. Uh, one one is that you got seek information knowledge from others, hmm. and the other one is that uh, the knowledge coming on to you. So both has uh, kind of um, advantage other as well as disadvantages. So for example, if you keep on going to the mid on mid off field, some people keep asking. Unless otherwise you have a great rapport and understand uh, each other. I think even he's a bowler; he should be thinking about his own game and then we might be a bit of an interference. Hmm. That's one. And number two is that I think you should be sharp enough. I believe the second part where you should be sharp enough to watch and understand what is going on and then probably implement it yourself. Hmm. Self-learning is probably the best way to go forward. Hmm. Um, yes, I think outside knowledge is important. Uh, otherwise, <coughs> you're getting the right kind of knowledge from people around you. Now, hmm. if you don't get that knowledge, that doesn't mean that you can blame them that the knowledge is uh, not passed on to you. But hmm. in that case, you should be able to step up and uh, get that knowledge yourself. And that makes you even better bowler. On that uh, note, you know, I want to bring out the topic of Ishan Sharma. He, he's already played 65 tests. You know, that's only two short of your entire career. And he's only in his mid-20s, you know. And he when he came on, you know, he also debuted in Australia... Um, had um, you know in the sense the same incoming incoming delivery the bounce of the back of the length uh, sort of bowler and but by the time you played 65 tests you're already the wise man in the team you understood fast bowling and he's played 65 and we are just about to see you know him understanding his game like I mean where, where do you think his nurturing or his development as a fast bowler has been slowed down. I think the various formats have slowed down a lot of fast bowlers in India. Hmm. It is not quite easy to manage, uh, you know, all formats of the game. So when you bowl as a fast bowler, you bowl with certain pride. Now hmm. that pride is gone for a toss in the T20s. So you end up giving 40 runs or 42 runs or maybe even more. Mm-hmm. So you are not very instrumental in winning the matches in a T20 game. 
I mean, the number, if you go by the ratio, I think for, for every 20 games, a bowler is going to win one mm-hmm. match for you, and the rest 19 is won by the batsman. So it's absolutely a batsman-oriented game. And that has been the, uh, you know, the most favorite format in the last, or celebrated format in the last, say, 10 years. Yeah. Or from the, from the time IPL was, <coughs> IPL has come into existence. So I think the batsmen have uh, gained tremendous psychological edge by by seeing the bowler in a different perspective. I mean, they have seen both being hammered for 30 runs. They have seen bowler hammered for... So overall, the game has become very positive from the batsman's point of view. Mm-hmm. Whereas from the bowler's point of view, I think they have gone to the shell where they try to kind of bowl a line which is to stop runs. Now, that attitude is largely because of the way the game is played. Mm-hmm. Now, irrespective of which format you play, you still want to be effective as a bowler. That doesn't happen in the T20s as well as the ODIs. That can only happen in the uh, test matches. Correct. Now, with so much of cricket that is being played, you don't have enough experience in those four five-day matches, five-day test matches or four-day matches. Mm-hmm. So, all of a sudden, when you are put into a five-day match, yeah, you struggle because you don't know what is the third spell when you are bowling your 19th over by the end of the day. Hmm. That's the most difficult over to be bowled. Not only Ishan Sharma, I think most of the bowlers have, have have been caught in that particular predicament where they find it difficult to kind of manage all three formats of the game. Hmm. And therefore, you see such results. How much of a role that does that play going from one format where you bowl longer spells and a lot more overs and then you go to ODI and then to T20s and then you mix them up again and then you play two months of uh, IPL, all this stuff. How much oh, of that, that? I mean, not just in terms of your bowling skills and knowledge, uh, but also in terms of the toll it takes on the body. Um, I mean, how much of yeah. that have you seen? I know a lot of planning is required, but also required. I think everybody sees the game as a. I mean, it's a profession for all of us. So you have to manage. You know, it is all about you know how far you're going to go and how strong you are and um, how long you're going to last. And, and of course, I think commercials also play a role on them. Uh, uh, the, also play a role in your mind. So, you know, you get along with all formats and uh, one of the formats will always take a beating. And I think here, unfortunately, Test Cricket has uh, taken some beatings with respect to the fast bowlers. Hmm. And, and lastly, Sri, I just want to talk about your swan song in the international stage, which was the 2003 World Cup. You know, India began, uh, came into it with not a great form. Uh, <coughs> but then, you know, you got on a roll after losing the early round-robin stage to Australia. And then you faced Australia in their final again. And the Indian bowling came together as a unit. The batsman did well. Sachin was in great form, all that. So, what are what are your memories from the beginning and the end of the World Cup? I think, uh, speaking from the fast bowling fraternity of that period, I think we had a great combination. I mean, Ashish was brilliant. Zaheer was um, too good. And um, everything fell in place for us. I think that was the first time when we as bowlers sat together and then started looking into the videos. We made our own strategies. Team meetings were more meaningful. And we understood the weaknesses of the batsman. We started implementing it. We started working and we were so happy. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> and we took the game so seriously because... Um, not that we didn't take the other game seriously, but here the intention was... I mean, our plans were 
so specific to each tailor-made to each and every batsman that we knew what we were doing and we we exercised complete control over the opponents, especially mm-hmm. the bowling department. And the wickets also helped us in uh, South Africa. And the batting complemented. Um, we won a few games and we we were. Um, Cruising like anything, but only thing is Australia. I mean, they were playing a cricket at a different level altogether. They were at least four to five notches above any other best side uh, playing in the tournament. Mm-hmm. I think we had no answers to them, and uh, maybe in the finals. I mean, that's uh, a very, uh, I would say, hindsight view that we could have batted first. I think I didn't bowl well in the finals. I think maybe I was overawed, whatever. Uh, could not uh, perform well to the requirement of the site. Um, yeah, I think I immediately I I knew I came back to the dressing room and I said, look, I probably I didn't do the justice to my uh, to what I was doing all the time. So, um, it, except for the final thing, we had a great run in the World Cup. Hmm. And when you look back on your career, playing career for Karnataka, for India, you know, uh, are you a very satisfied man? Oh yes, I think. Um, I, I knew my end was coming. I mean, um, I could not have played any more cricket in India because uh, I didn't have the pace to bowl on Indian wickets. Mm. Um, I could have played abroad for a couple of years, but uh, then that on and off uh, wasn't the right thing to do and didn't really add up to the uh, build-up of a good team. And um, keeping all those things in mind, although I had one or two years of cricket left in me, decided that uh, to be a complete cricketer, uh, you need to have that body which will respond to it. But it didn't. So, therefore, I had to quit. All right. Uh, on that note, Sri, thank you so much for being on the show. It's an absolute honor. That's in the air. This could be our job. It's underneath the footy catch. And he's got good hands. He's got him. Yes, he has. Tom, it's